fellow travelers, welcome to the 95th level of the RPG Cave. I'm one of your hosts, the level 99 human archmage Ryan Turford, and I'm joined by the first time in a very long time by the level 99 hobbit thief, Mr. Seth <laughs> Sturgill. How's it going, Seth? I mean, actually, the, I came up with that one because um, there was a retro game treasure un unboxing and review video I did recently, and one of the games that came with it was Wizardry 5, Eye of, nice. the uh, Eye of the the Cyclone, I think it was called. And it, it's like the, a first person role playing game. And you have to make all the characters in your party. You name them whatever you want and assign character classes and stuff to them. So I made all the, the, the people from Carpool Gaming. And when I got to yours, I was like, well, Hobbit's a, a race I haven't selected yet. And, you know, Thief is a character class my party doesn't have. So that's what Seth is. I'll take it. I will take it. I'll be the Hobbit thief. I look. I'm. I'm happy to be here, dude. Always. Uh, always a good time hanging out with you, of course. And uh, we're the, the the topic tonight is a very Ryan and Seth topic. So very it, it could not have gone any other way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for folks that haven't been keeping up with the show, um, Garrett's actually in China uh, for the next month. So uh, for the next month, you're gonna have be seeing some some different faces on the show, but maybe some familiar ones because you know, again, Seth's been on the show once before because we did yep. do the World of Warcraft episode uh, with Yumi and Lockleth last year. Um, but this time around, uh, this time around, it's just us. It's just us on this job. Just us. That's be it. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it, dude. Yeah, same. Well, let's get into the shop proper and clear this dungeon so we can get to the raid boss as quickly as possible. So folks at home, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. If you're watching the live stream right now, over at youtube.com slash carpool gaming. If you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, because come on, what are you doing if you haven't subscribed already? And then ring that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live with a new live stream like this one or whenever we put up new videos on the channel. Of course, I always like to plug uh, YouTube stuff in the segment. And Tuesday, 9 a.m., new episode of Pit Stop Retro Gaming. It is Ooh. happening. I have it filmed. I'm editing it right now. It is about alien video games. Um, I'm working pretty hard on this one, uh, folks. So I really want people to check it out. So Tuesday yes. mornings, come back to this channel. Uh, it's going to be a wild ride. Let me tell you what. There's some, Seth, I don't know if you know, good video games based on alien. There's also a lot of not so good ones. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it is a wide margin. We will run the gamut. I'm looking forward to that, dude. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> come check that out on Tuesday morning. Um, also, if you're listening on audio feeds, don't forget to subscribe there as well. If you haven't hit that subscribe button and also rate us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that really helps the show get discovered. Um, as we learned this week with the PlayStation Drive, which was crowned the number one PlayStation podcast in Canada because uh, so many people are rating them. So if you rate the RPG cave like that, more and more people will see us because we'll be at the top of the list. So make sure to do that. Also, last but not least, if you want the audio for the show a little bit earlier, if you want one big audio feed with all of our Carpool Gaming podcasts, or if you want some exclusive content like the Pants Patreon podcast for Patreons Podcasts featuring Seth or Matt with this week's show, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Carpool Gaming, throw a little tip in the tip jar and out comes content. Well, without further ado, Seth, it is time to read from the sacred texts, you know, again, it's weird. You didn't have, you already did more than I was expecting, Seth. You didn't even need to do anything. <laughs> but the fact that Look, I can tell you you've watched the show before because Garrett also yes. does the reading. We, we're reading from the, the scrolls, the, the, the carpal gaming scrolls of stuff. And today 
we are talking about the Final Fantasy Theatrhythm series, um, not just the newest game, Final Bar Line, although I'm sure you and I will have lots to say about that game because we both mm-hmm. played it a lot earlier this year. Um, but I wanted to talk about the series as a whole because it's been a, a, a series that's been around for almost 11 or over 11 years now. So it's yeah. a long running series of games um, and it's not just Final Fantasy games as well. So I, I wanted us to, to kind of have a, a, a fun conversation about that. Not of that, but again, you and I, you know, we both, I know you and I both really love music in video games. Um, so when I was thinking of bringing you on the show, I'm like, this is the type of episode that I need Seth here for. So it's the perfect, it. it's the perfect one because like, yeah, I don't know anybody else who who is as into theater rhythm uh as as you and i are so it's very nice to to get to sit here and sort of celebrate the series a special series i think for me like pound for pound the best most consistent rhythm game series a collection of amazing music um and i think very underrated so yeah. I, I i hope that people come away from this encouraged to give it a shot yeah absolutely especially like in an era where we just don't get that many rhythm games anymore like we're not in the golden age of yeah. guitar hero hero or rock band or dance dance revolution like all of those days have kind of come and gone um so when we get you know a new rhythm game that's like this that comes around that uh, that is at that high quality like i'm always paying attention to that because i'm always all about that like beat saber is kind of the other one that's out there mm-hmm. at this point but for the most part like again that j- does not happen very often so theat rhythm has always kind of been there and again it's a series that i know you know just by doing research for this episode you know it's a series that just hasn't really sold so well so yeah hopefully uh yeah. hopefully we do enough tonight to convince people to give it a try especially when it goes on sale later this year because i imagine you know black friday time you know the newest game will probably be on sale and stuff but anyways oh, yeah. It is time for the fun facts, Seth. And boy, howdy. Ooh. I got fun facts for you this week. So, so settle on in because I've got, I've got a, a quite an extensive list here. So Love first, it. first off, there are currently five games in the Theat Rhythm series. When I include Theat Rhythm Dragon Quest and Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, because even though, you know, they're not the Final Fantasy Theat Rhythm games, they're still made by the same team and the, the same, you know, director, and they are basically all structured the same way, and so they kind of fit under the same umbrella. Like, they're they're unofficial Theat Rhythm games, but I, I consider them part of the series anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, you know, fun fact too, I didn't even know Dragon Quest Theat Rhythm was a thing until really? researching this episode, because it was a Japan-only game. It never Japan came out only. Yeah, I I actually I I didn't get a chance to play it Japan only. I have thought about importing it because you know with with Theater Rhythms gameplay is so like I feel like I could probably get away with playing that without being able to read the text or whatever. Yeah. Um if you know the inputs, you know, and, and you know the music obviously, I feel like you can probably kind of get away with that. So I I was I was hoping for a long time that they would localize it. Uh, but that hasn't happened yet. It would be kind of nice if, especially as we're getting a lot of like Dragon Quest content, it'd be kind of nice if they just sort of like made an ultimate theater rhythm Dragon Quest thing for Switch, PlayStation, whatever, and just like release an ultimate version of that game. Because I think now's the right time for it. We're leading up to Dragon Quest 12 and... Well, yeah. none of that. We again, so, we just had like I think it was the other day. There was a ton of announcements for Dragon yeah. Quest because Dragon Quest anniversary just happened a couple days ago. Um, and not only that, but Fiat Rhythm doesn't have any songs from Dragon Quest in it. It has because right. there are DLC songs that are coming for the game um, from a bunch of different Square franchises, but no Dragon Quest. 
So suspiciously no Dragon Quest. Suspiciously no Dragon Quest. So it's like it's weird that they're that they haven't localized this or they haven't done a new Dragon Quest game in this series yet. It just it seems it it seems weird to me that they they wouldn't. Yeah. Especially like that franchise has a ton of music as well. It does. Well, and I'm curious what your take on this is, because you know, Dragon Quest is obviously massive in Japan. Yeah. When a new Dragon Quest game comes out, it's like a national holiday in Japan, yeah. basically. Uh, and and I wonder if they were sort of like testing the viability of releasing Theater Rhythm. Because Theater Rhythm, as we touched on, already a bit of a niche franchise. So I wonder if they have done like crunched those numbers and said like, well, I don't know how worth it it is for us to release a dedicated Dragon Quest theater rhythm game in the States. Um, I would be curious about that. I, I, I don't know, like, cause Dragon Quest 11 did well. Yeah. And I feel like people even over here and I feel like people would resonate. Yeah. So I think it would find an audience. I mean, de- yeah. like, especially cause Dragon Quest has become more popular since this, since the, it originally came out, because Theat Rhythm Dragon Quest came out on 3DS and it was, it came out, you know, in 2014, I think, or 2015. Um, mm-hmm. And again, we've seen the release of Dragon Quest Eleven and more Dragon Quest releases here in North America since then. And I think the series has only gotten bigger here. So I do think you're probably right. Like, I think at this point, if they release that game now. I think it would, you know, garner a lot of attention. Although, you know, I mentioned Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memories. Kingdom Hearts is a big franchise here, and that game didn't sell well, despite the fact that I think yeah. that game was way better than it had any. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, it's really good, actually. I love, like, Melody of Memory um, is, it, it is the most Kingdom Hearts thing. I'm a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, which a lot of people don't know about me. I am begrudgingly a huge Kingdom Hearts fan. Uh, I have put... In Kingdom Hearts 1 in particular, I maxed out the clock on that game multiple times at 999 hours and, you know, whatever. Um, I I love, love, love Kingdom Hearts, despite everything telling me not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Melody of Memory is like, if, if you're going to make a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game, it is absolutely canonical because, of course, it is. This is Kingdom Hearts we're talking yeah. about. Uh, it is as convoluted as possible, fits as uncomfortably as possible into the lore of Kingdom Hearts. And um, and it's really good. I love the way it is represented visually. I love like kind of actually running along the track and seeing the characters, you know, kind of um, in 3D models and stuff, the having the enemies you're encountering. Structurally, it's really similar to theater rhythm, but just the way they've presented it, uh, I think is really cool and impressive and uh, way, yeah, way better than it had any right to to be. You can get that game for like 20 bucks all day long. The so. fact it, it, that you say $20, it surprises me because sometimes in Canada, I've seen that game for 12 Canadian dollars <laughs> in, in bargain <laughs> yeah. bins at the, do- at the Dollarama. Like they, they made so many copies of that game thinking that it would be a big hit because it is Kingdom Hearts. And it actually, kind of, I think it surprised them more than it surprised me that it just it didn't take off, but all, but again, like, I feel like, you know, it's, it's such an, it, like music games are such a niche genre on mm-hmm. its own that it, it even, a, even releasing a game in a series as big as kingdom hearts and, and as connected as to the lore as it is like, you know, may, there's still a lot of people that wouldn't even give that a chance. Also, yeah, I'm also noting so as well, anytime I want to k- talk about kingdom hearts on this show, Seth is yes. also the person to call because I don't know call anyone else who boy. actually likes kingdom hearts, including myself. I'm actually not a kingdom yeah. hearts fan. Um, so I know, I know who to talk to about doing maybe a kingdom hearts episode <laughs> in the future, Dude, but 
Also, <laughs> I love. I actually, even though I don't like Kingdom Hearts, I also really like Melody of Memory a lot. Like, I thought the 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 music gameplay was super fun, yeah. and I really like the music in Kingdom Hearts, despite the fact that I don't like the story. You but, can't w- deny that music. But yeah. one of the things I liked about that game is it presented the Kingdom Hearts story in a cohesive manner, where like you could actually understand the story. So it was like someone yeah. like me who like didn't play all the games. Like I feel like I'm caught up a little bit, so that. If Kingdom Hearts 4 ever comes out, because they announced it, but if it ever comes out, like I, maybe maybe I could actually understand what's going on with that game. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I've played them all and I still don't fully understand what's going yeah. on. So, well, yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, that yeah, the melody memory is really good. The, the music of I think even if you, uh, you know, look at Kingdom Hearts as being like whatever convoluted trash and it is it absolutely is. Um, the music cannot be denied. Yoko Shimomura's score of that entire series is phenomenal. Like yeah. some of the best in video games. Yeah, for sure. So. All right. Segwaying back on to fun facts, of course. Fiat Rhythm Final Fantasy originally launched on the 3DS on February 16th, 2012 in Japan, releasing later that year in North America on July 3rd with an iOS version launching later that December. That iOS version, by the way was real rough that was not not a good way played it it wasn't good uh it was real it was rough seth it was like because because like you would think that a a a version of fiat rhythm would work really well on a touch only device like an iphone but the swipes like swiping up or swiping down just Mm -hmm. did not read half the time because of the way the iphone screen was back then like i'm sure if they did that now it would actually be a lot better with the way that touchscreens have sort of evolved since then. But mm-hmm. back then, the, you just didn't really the tactile movement that you needed to, you know, do the the upswipes or the 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 horizontal, like the like the the ninety degree swipes as an example. Just, yeah, it just didn't read it half as the right thing half the time. So you ended up failing uh. songs despite the fact that you knew you were doing the correct actions. Which is that's unfortunate. Bad. Oh, also, yeah. it's a free to play title, and you had to buy every single song. What? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Exactly. Because again, it was a phone game, so the, a lot of phone games are, are structured that way. So yeah. The the Fiat Rhythm series as a whole was a was the brainchild of Square Enix producer Ichiro Hazuma, who pitched the idea after his work on Final Fantasy VII Advent Children back in 2005. In a recent interview, Hazuma-san mentioned that. For the longest time, he really wanted to see a game from Square involve all the Final Fantasy characters in one game. In Dissidia Final Fantasy on the PSP, which was the Final Fantasy fighting game for folks that don't know, was the company's first attempt at doing this. And when Hazuma-san saw this game, it reignited his idea in his head for doing something different. So when thinking about the idea and, and kind of thinking about what ties all the Final Fantasy games together... The one thing that he came up with was the music, the music in all the Final Fantasy games. Yes, even though the games don't really connect to each other, a lot of the themes and motifs kind of carry over between from game to game. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of nowhere more evident than in the music of Final Fantasy. So that's part of the reason why, even though we've got a game that has uh, all the music from a bunch of different games in it, they all feel like they kind of fit in the same 
all park. They feel like they they belong together. Um, so it, so that was kind of the connection that he made when, when putting the game together. Um, he also wanted to make sure as well that when coming up with the story, because yes, there is a story in quotations in this game, uh, the, that the characters Chaos and Cosmos were included because of their inclusions as kind of like the main characters in the Dissidia series. So he wanted to to kind of give that that ode back to Dissidia, which is what actually inspired him to put the, the Theat Rhythm games together. And there's actually, again, like the, he did, uh, Hasma-san did this giant interview tour uh, when Father Barline was coming out. And there's actually some really interesting interviews uh, about the Theat Rhythm series. And I'm not going to go all into all that tonight, um, but I think like um, there's a lot of good stuff out there if you want to learn more about the series and how it kind of came about. Because he talks a lot about the ideas as to, you know, how this, like why, why you know, they came up with the, how they came up with the character designs and stuff like that. So it's a cool read if you want to go check some of that stuff out. Um, nice. The Theat Rhythm games were primarily developed by a company called Indie Zero. They're a Japanese company under the brand Monster Octopus, all one word, because of course they <laughs> are. Um, basically, when uh, Hazuma-san was looking for companies to to develop this game, because um, when he pitched the idea internally, Square was like, this is a great idea, but we don't really have like a studio that we can you know put towards this. Um, he actually had a conversation with uh, Namura-san, of course, from the Kingdom Hearts yep, series, Kingdom Hearts, yep. about about where he should you know take this idea, um, and it was Nomura-san who actually recommended um, Monster Octopus to for them for him to work with to to actually develop this particular game and series. And and for folks that don't know, Indie Zero, they're kind of like a, a support studio in and they work with a lot of Japanese developers. But games that you would know them for besides the Theat Rhythm games are Electro Electroplankton on the yes. Nintendo DS and Hell yeah. the NES Remix titles. So they actually worked with Nintendo on all the NES Remix titles. So NES Remix 1 and 2 and as well as the, the DS uh, or sorry, Underrated. the 3DS part of it. Yeah, um, which of course I love. I love the, the I love them. NES Remix yeah. games too. In fact, why'd they stop? Yeah. Why couldn't they have just done SNES Remix and you know, like, just keep it going? I know. <sighs> it's such a good idea. Like I'm actually kind of surprised yeah they never actually went back to that series. Like, in fact, those games are now kind of lost to time because you can't yeah. buy them digitally anymore. Um, and there there's, you know, you have the physical copy of the 3ds version, but you can't buy them on Wii U anymore. So there's a, there's a physical for the first Wii U. I think I have it on the shelf behind me. Uh, there's a, there's a physical of the, I think the first one on Wii U and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is too bad because NES Remix 2, I think, is actually my favorite of the two because I think the That's selection so of good. games in the NES Remix 2 is stronger than the first one because it's got Metroid and um, it's, uh, Mario 2 and a bunch of other games. So um, originally, though, the game was in development for the Nintendo DS like Electroplankton, but the console was way too limited in scope to handle a game like this. So development was actually moved to the 3DS. Basically, as soon as uh, Hazuma-san got his hands on what uh, like a, a 3DS prototype, he's like, well, this is where the game's going now because the, the DS can't really handle the music playback and, and other visual elements that they wanted to have um, with the rhythm, which again, you don't think of it as like a technically demanding game, but it does make sense when you think about how limited kind of the, the DS hardware was just in general. So they decided to make yeah. this a launch window title for 3DS. And actually, again, that's kind of where I played it, but we'll get to that in just a second. And of course, last piece of fun facts before 
we move into the overall discussion. The newest game in the series, the At Rhythm Final Bar Line, which released earlier this year, was specifically designed to be the final game in the series, and likely if any other Theat Rhythm games were to be developed or released, they'd be based on other franchises. Like Hazmason basically was given one last opportunity to, to try and, you know, make a new Theat Rhythm game to celebrate, you know, the, the anniversary of Final Fantasy this year. Um, so he just pulled out all the stops with this one and tried to get, you know, mm-hmm. get as much stuff in it as possible. Cause he knew he'd probably never get another chance like that again. That's why, like he said in interviews, like that's the reason it's named final bar line. Cause it's meant to be the final game in the mm-hmm. season. Unless of course, like I said, they, they tackle another franchise, maybe dragon quest at some point. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but, uh, I, I hope th- so. I hope so too. I, I hope it's not the last one anyways. Cause again, we need, I think we need, more games like this, but uh, that is it. Fun facts, Seth. What do you think about I love the, it. The, the 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 development of the series and, and the history? So I I really it doesn't surprise me to hear that they ha- they had to move from DS to 3DS because the DS even when you look at some of the uh, rhythm games we did have like Elite Beat Agents or even something like uh, Guitar Hero World Tour yep. or On Tour maybe it was called it was On Tour um, but yeah and yeah you yeah. had like the guitar accessory that you plugged into the, the Game the, Boy Advance yes. slot which you couldn't play it on a good. DSi because you didn't have the yep. Game Boy Advance slot on it. Yeah, this is very good. And then uh, they did uh, Rock Band Unplugged, I think. That was um, for which was on PSP. There. I think they, I have it. There's one, I have it on my shelf behind a little show and tell, Ryan. Um, we got Rock Band. I know, oh, it's Rock, Rock Band, Band 3. 3. Uh, Rock okay. Band 3. I didn't know they, they made had. a version of Rock Band 3 on yeah. there because I knew Rock Band Unplugged is actually exclusive to PSP because they never That's made it. They is. didn't make it for other consoles. So and then also I got an ES remix because I was up anyway ah, uh, for Wii U. But yeah, so Rock Band 3, but it, it operates the same way Rock Band Unplugged does where okay. um, where it's all it's almost like amplitude or something where you're swapping yeah. between tracks. It works the same way, um, but it's on here. But the. Uh, the thing is, is it doesn't have a huge track list. Nope. Like it is, they could only fit, you know, like a dozen. I think this has maybe 30 songs on it um, because of the DS limitation. So it makes sense that they had to scale back, you know, for 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 theater rhythm and be like, OK, it's not going to happen on the DS. We're going to have to make it on the 3DS just because there's more um, there, there's more uh, processing power there and more ability to hold more songs. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that makes total sense to me. That was how I was introduced to the franchise too, was, um, was curtain call on, okay. uh, on, on 3DS. So that I was actually so the next curtain question. So, so you got into it yeah. with curtain call. Was it just that you saw an advertisement for it or how did, how did you, how did you discover there them? I thought that that'd be really interesting to know. Yeah. So I was working at GameStop at the time. Um, and I was really, I've always been really into rhythm games. I love rhythm games. I, and I've always loved these sort of like left of center rhythm games. Like one, one of my favorite games is like Gitaru Man mm-hmm. on, uh, on PS2. Um, these, these just sort of like just a little off kilter. I mentioned Elite Beat Agents earlier. Like I just, I love rhythm games that kind of do something new with the, uh, the formula. And I've always loved Final Fantasy music as well. Um, the, yeah, I'm a huge video game music fan and Final Fantasy was definitely the series that like, made me aware of video game music. I remember like Final Fantasy VI specifically uh, was when I watched the credits of that game as as a youngin, and I was like, who did the music of this game? Mm-hmm. Like that was when I started to care about 
who the composer was and learning the name of the composer and being introduced to Ematsu and getting like getting to see like the the sort of lineage of that and specifically notating video game uh, video game music from that point on. Um, and my favorite video game soundtrack of all time this is not a hot take, uh, but Chrono Trigger is my favorite nice. video game soundtrack and Yasunori Mitsuda is my favorite composer. Um, and so that was but but Final Fantasy music was what oriented me as a lifelong fan of video game music. So when when Curtain Call came out um, and this was sort of Curtain Call is almost like a like an ultimate version or something on 3ds um and that was when i was like okay let me give this a shot and see how how well this holds up and i got sucked i think with the exception of animal crossing new horizons mm-hmm. i think curtain call is my second most played 3ds game i put like 200 hours into it like i love that game i bought every song they released for it yeah um i just got absolutely addicted i think we had when i like i said i was working at gamestop at the time and i think we had an ad on the tv uh at, at gamestop for it and i think that was how i was i was kind of turned on to it and uh just just got totally sucked in you know the 3ds has some other really good shout out to uh rhythm thief and the emperor's treasure on 3ds another great 3ds rhythm game um yeah there's there's some good stuff on there uh also shout out to michael jackson the experience oh my god Uh, (laughs) <laughs> on on DS and 3DS, which is just literally the gameplay of Elite Beat Agents, like literally the exact same gameplay, but with Michael Jackson music. You know what the so. best part about that is, Seth? Because I don't know how many other platforms you played it on. That's honestly probably the best platform for that. It game. is. Because, like, either that or the PSP, because the PSP one is also pretty good, too. <laughs> um, but, it, but and I think it actually had more songs because of you, you fit more songs yeah. on the PSP because the console versions were all about using motion controls and the motion controls gate for that game were terrible, which is one of the reasons yeah. it got terrible reviews. So it's just one of those other instances where the portable version somehow is the best one. We saw that a lot actually in the Game Boy Advance era when there was like really bad licensed games um, that would come to consoles that would be rushed for the movie. But the Game Boy Advance version was always the best because it was like a 2D, you know, action platformer in most cases, like Spider-Man 2, for example, um, like Spider-Man 2 on the on the, the Game Boy Advance is amazing, despite the fact that the console version is just OK. So it's just it's yeah. funny to think about that. Like, that's just totally the 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 mindset, the the dark alley. My mind decided to go down as soon as you started to talk about <laughs> Michael Jackson, the experience, because, of course, Hell yeah. of course, we finally found a carpool gaming show, Seth, where we could talk about Michael Jackson, the experience. <laughs> finally. Do, do you remember even that when you, like one of the pre-order bonuses, what it was? The it glove. Came with the white glove. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, we used God. to have, um, like I said, I worked at GameStop for many years and we had a uh, Michael Jackson, the experience cardboard standee. And when it came time to, you know, a lot of times we would work the marketing and stuff and we'd wind up throwing that away. Well, that Sandy just lived in our bathroom. Yeah. And as far as I know, Michael Jackson is still in that GameStop bathroom watching the employees pee. Of so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but. God. <laughs> well, as for me, how I got into it, you know, I when the 3DS came out, I was one. I was one of those suckers, Seth, who decided I'm going to buy the 3DS day one because day one baby yeah i'm a 3ds ambassador i've got the certificate Mm -hmm. on my console to 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 prove it no one can ever take that away from me not even nintendo um (laughs) so i actually uh when i was looking for games to play because if you remember when the 3ds launched seth you know there was like there were a bunch of games that came out with the system 
but there wasn't really anything like super interesting that came out yeah. day one. Like the Enjoy I, Steel Diver and Steel Diver. Super, uh, Street Fighter 4 3D. And, yeah. Yeah. Like beyond that, like you didn't have like it, it took a while before Mario 3D Land came out um, and some other games. So I was just looking for things to play on the console rather than just selling it. Um, and of course, being a big Final Fantasy fan, when I just walked into GameStop one day um, or EB Games here in Canada, because um, that was before GameStop bought them. Um, and I saw, you know, the rhythm on the shelf. I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. And I read the back of the box and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, it's a Final Fantasy music game. I love Final Fantasy and I love the music in Final Fantasy. Let me pick this up and give it a try because I am looking for things to play on this console. Um, and just like you, you know, my story for Final Fantasy music isn't much different. Um, it just is Final Fantasy seven as opposed to Final Fantasy yeah. six, because that was the first Final Fantasy game I really got into. Um, but for the same reason, like after I you know played through that game, I wanted to know everything about the music from that game because I loved it so much. Um, so, you know, we've seen, you know, a, a game like Theat Rhythm on the shelf. I'm like, OK, even though the even though the characters look weird, I want to take it home and try it out. And yeah, I I sunk so much time into the first game, really liked it a lot. But I did find that, you know, there weren't enough songs there. Like I, I was craving more um, or just, you know, that was around the time, you know, Final Fantasy 13 was coming out and some other games. Right. It didn't have music from a lot of that stuff in there, like any anything new, any of the newer Final Fantasy stuff. It was kind of missing from that first game. It was fairly limited. And then, of course, it didn't get DLC. So we didn't get, you know, add on songs for it. So when Curtain Call came out, like I, I started when I started hearing about that game, um, like reading about it on IGN and other websites, I was like following the preview coverage as we kept hearing about it. And like every time there was a new article or piece of information that came out about Curtain Call, like I was like right there, you know, looking, looking about it because I was like, I, I can't remember the last game I really followed like that the the closest i would say is like um alien isolation i was like that too where anytime like any video or any piece of information about alien about alien isolation was posted anywhere like i needed to know about it and i kind of felt that way about in curtain call as well where it's like i was like obsessed with it and then when the game came out just like you i spent like two to three hundred hours with it i i got all the dlc i couldn't put it down it was part of my like morning commute every single day to and from work it was what i played on my lunch break at work as i would play it so often at home it was kind of ridiculous like curtain call was the game man it was the game that really totally really, dude. you know sucked it sucked me in because there were just there was so much content in that game to go through already and then you had the dlc on top of it and then i loved all the different modes you had in Curtain call as well me um, too because it wasn't yeah. just playing the songs individually there's a bunch of you know adventure modes and stuff like that that you can Quest go on medleys yes yeah. so Even good like, that's probably that that's probably my biggest complaint with uh with final bar line as much as i love it and i, and I love because i'm exactly the same as you like i love having theater rhythm as part of like my like gaming diet like theater mm. rhythm is a great like appetizer right like i can kind of wake up turn my brain on with a little bit of theater rhythm or whatever and uh, and i did that for a long time with 3ds and now final bar line has kind of occupied that space but my, my probably my my only like major complaint with final bar line is that i just want more like i, <laughs> I would love if final bar line had quest medleys they have kind of a, a facsimile of it with a uh, endless mode but um but but like i loved quest medleys and curtain call the way they made like an honest to goodness like it really does feel like a proper rpg mm -hmm. um 
with with the that implementation, I got so sucked into quest medleys. Well, that's actually part of the reason we're talking about it on the show, because, of course, you know, yeah. the rhythm is like kind of like a rhythm game first, but it is still a role playing game. It's very much playing. You have a party of characters, you level them up throughout the experience. And, you know, depending on the level of your party, you know, you're able to survive some of the stronger songs like on the ultimate difficulty or the brand new difficulty that they added in final bar line. Part of that ties into the character levels where if you don't if you don't level up your characters enough, like you might not have enough health to survive a couple of mistakes on the hardest difficulty, which, of course, it's easy to make, because one of the things that that's always been true about this series ever since the first game is the difficulty definitely is a big jump when you go between difficulty settings like the mm-hmm. like the basic difficulty is very 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 easy um and then kind of like the the normal difficulty is you know a big step above that but it's still not hard or anything like that but when you get to ultimate difficulty with some of those songs man who oh, boy yeah. howdy they can get really tough <laughs> get sweaty real quick i'll say too my you know i i said earlier that like this is this is my favorite rhythm game series and the reason for that is because of the charting mm-hmm. of the notes like People who don't play a lot of rhythm games probably don't don't understand how important that is. But like it needs to feel right. It's one thing to have the music playing and to hit a note at the certain at a certain point on beat or whatever. But even playing something like a guitar hero or whatever, if you're playing on easy, like it can be kind of boring. It can just be like a boop, like, OK, cool. Like I hit that note. Boop. Yeah. It's not really matching to the music. Theater rhythm does an excellent job, and it's always done an excellent job of this, of charting the notes, regardless of the difficulty you're playing on, charting the notes in a way that feels satisfying. And it makes it feel like you still feel good playing even on the easier difficulties. If you're starting out with theater rhythm and you feel intimidated, you're not having to play on like baby mode. Like yeah. you feel it still is charted well and feels great, especially on 3DS. Like I loved playing it with touch controls on 3DS. Like I felt like I had the conductors like baton yeah. and I was just kind of, sl- you know, swiping. And, Cause that's, the, you know, that's just, what it's trying to make you feel like. It's trying to make uh, you feel like the conductor of this. Song. So you're, not, you're not a member of the band in this game. You're the conductor conducting the song. Right. You're that yeah. Moogle with the, with the, the, yes. the, the conductor's wand that flies around. But yeah, you're right. Like when it comes to charting, like when you even just playing through the songs, even though they don't need to, they could just have all the songs in all the notes kind of gum in one line mm-hmm. and just come straight at you. They have, they purposely have the notes go up and down the, the scale, you know, matching what had like the, the tone of the notes that you're playing to, to kind yeah. of go along with it, to make it feel much more like you're actually like conducting the song or playing the song in a way that, you know, a lot of other games don't do, you, you know, you see it a little bit with, you know, games like, you know, rock band, um, it, but you don't really see that in a lot of other rhythm games where a lot of times it is just the, 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 the one line, they just put all the notes on one line and it doesn't really feel like you're actually playing music. You're just mm-hmm. tapping along with the beat. Like a, you're, you're basically the metronome then at that point. Yeah, it just like so much of rhythm games is about is about that flow state, like getting into that flow and that feel. And when you are able to pull that off with excellent charting the way that theater rhythm does and you you have charted these notes 
perfectly to some of the greatest music in video games. Like it, it is just even aside from the fact that it is also a satisfying RPG with levels, with stats, with like abilities and things that all play interestingly. Yeah. Um, and you you have to actually think about like your your party composition and things like this if you want to do well. Um, they like that is to me the perfect combination. Yeah. Like that that is why that the series has just stuck with me this entire time is like it just feels great to work through some of my favorite music. Um, and yeah, like people have asked me before talking about this, like, cause we describe it like it's, it's a rhythm RPG and it's like, well, how does that work? <laughs> you know, like, like mechanically, like, what do you mean? Like, how do I control attacks and how do I, you know, think about abilities and stuff? And, um, it actually is, is really interesting the way that theater rhythm solves for this because the attacks and abilities are, basically uh trigger based yeah. um dependent on what you're doing in the song and you can even strategize that way to where I'll build a party like one of my party sets in a final bar line is just like my boss melter yeah like to where like I have a party that just when a boss comes up boom 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 they've all got triggers and they are just destroyed like just gone yeah. and so it's great for missions like theater rhythm will incentivize you to do challenges like take down this boss in 20 seconds or whatever and so like the game gives you a lot of options to build out a party for very particular scenarios and yeah it's it's cool yeah like especially too because like they take all the characters from the final fantasy series as well and then give them like different classes like even the characters yeah. that don't actually have classes in their own games to, so then you know when to use them in specific situations or how to balance your party correctly. Like I love even that there's like support characters at the very bottom, like the Chocobo characters. I love the, the summoner characters that, you know, bring out the summons uh, faster. Yeah. And it, a lot of that plays into the, the quest mode that you talked about, where sometimes you you'll, it'll be like, kill this boss in 20 seconds. Oh, by the way, when you fight this boss, they'll instantly cast stone on your party, which basically <laughs> freezes them in place for 10 seconds. So unless you can melt them in 10 seconds um, or find a way to break the stone then you're not going to be able to complete that challenge so you have to tailor your party in a way to either make sure you have a healer in your party that can dispel the stone ability or you just need to kill the boss so fast that the stone ha like has no effect on your party so it's like mm -hmm. again it's like this really interesting balance you have to think about with a lot of the other stuff like you'll go into certain, some battles and or, or some songs and it'll be like hey all of your your physical attacks will deal double damage, but your magical attacks will do half the damage. So you got to yeah. you know, balance it out with more physical base and stuff like that. Like it really, really makes you think about, you know, party composition and equipment and, you know, even the, just the skill set. Because all the characters have individual abilities that they'll learn as they level up. And, and they all have different attributes associated with each skill, which then are weaker and stronger against certain enemies or in certain situations. So you really have to like you know, think about a lot of that stuff there, which again, just kind of gets my RPG brain going. I love um, it, dude. In, I, in and it's, it's cool. It's cool too, because it's almost like a, a, like a little deconstruction of RPGs. It's so easy. And in, in all, like how many RPGs have we played where you kind of find like your party makeup and you just kind of stick to that yeah. the entire time, right? That you can't do that in this game. Like I, for a long time, like one of my go-tos in, uh, in Final Bar Line, for example, is, uh, is Tara from FF6. Right. And she's great because she can learn like dual cast with all of her magic. She's already one one of the strongest, if not the strongest magic user in the game. Um, but she can just dual cast her magic, which is great. But to your point, 
Like, that's not going to help you at all if you are up against, you know, a a song or a quest or whatever where magic does half damage. Yeah. You know, it all of a sudden doesn't make sense. Or to even just if use her, like, your... her magic has like certain elemental attributes right. and the enemy itself is resistant to those. Like, yes, it really makes you think even just you gotta on, be on your level, toes, you have to make mm-hmm. sure to have like a good variety of magic users, too. You can't just rely on one magic user the entire time, because otherwise mm-hmm. you could probably roll with one party throughout the whole experience. At the same time, though, I love the fact that there's the flexibility there where if you don't care about a lot of the quest stuff and you just want to play through the songs and have whatever what your four favorite characters there the whole time, that's totally fine, too. Like, I like the yeah. fact that there is some flexibility there where like the system is. Um, you know, as approachable as you want it to be. If you don't care about it, it, you know, you're totally fine to play through it however you want to play it. And if and if you do want to engage on that level and unlock everything in the game, then you're going to need to at least engage with it a little bit. But I like that there's yeah. that choice there where you can still have fun even if you don't want to go down that rabbit hole like we do. You could even autofill. You could even auto select like the the uh, the abilities and stuff. So, I mean, like, yeah, if you want to just go in and play on like a easier medium difficulty with a party of like the Final Fantasy 15 bros, <laughs> then like you you do you. You absolutely can. Right. So I. I really like that. And I like that there's like a good um, there's a good curve of like encouragement to, you know, I'm not somebody I don't typically get like as into rhythm games as I get into theater rhythm. Typically, I'll play them for a while and I'll kind of, you know, get what I want out of them and drop them. But like I said, theater rhythm like works its way sort of into my gaming diet and it makes me like want to get better at it Mm -hmm. to the point where. I could start playing like when I first started playing Curtain Call and I'm kind of just doing like easy difficulties. I'm not super kind of what we're talking about. I'm playing it a lot more casually and I'm not super engaged with the party mechanics. But as I'm continuing to play it, uh, I'm like, wait, like there's there's more to this here. And the game makes it really satisfying to kind of like learn its systems and to get better at it mm-hmm. to the point now where I play Final Bar Line and like I just go straight for usually straight for the, the hardest difficulty if I can get away with it. Unless it's like yeah. when you start getting into like the level 13, I'm like, that's a little yeah. a little rich for my blood. But there are some yeah. really, really hard songs in Final Bar Line, especially again, like level 13 or higher. Like good yeah. luck with some of this stuff. Like sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm like, my fingers can't even hit the buttons that quickly. Like what's going on here? But my maybe gosh. it's because I'm old. Maybe that's what's going on here. Secret. That's me too. Yeah, the dexterity's not there anymore. There's yeah. that. I feel. I feel like if you know we were both in our early 20s, Seth, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, be teenage like, cyborgs. Yeah, yeah, we probably yeah. we probably would have you know beaten those songs on you know the the difficulty that I'm blanking on. That's high, even harder than ultimate, like supreme or whatever. Supreme difficulty, yeah. the purple one. I just know it as yeah. the purple one. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to ever usually engage with the purple one if I don't have to. Um, <laughs> but uh, Seth, I got to ask you about this because I'm curious to what your thoughts about are about this subject. Uh, the multiplayer, because there's multiplayer mm-hmm. in this game. Um, did you ever really play the multiplayer for for the, the algorithm games? And if so, what, what are your thoughts on the multiplayer for these games? Because it's interesting. So- it is really I actually uh Final Bar Line was the first one that I like really engaged with it. Okay. Um because I, I was I was uh reviewing it for all in and I was like, I'm curious I just want to see. Like let me just see what the deal is with this. Yeah. And it's really cool the way it works. I was really impressed actually. And it's nice because the structurally, you know, when when it comes to rhythm games, you can't really have latency. And so like their solve for that is everybody is just sort of playing their own 
you know, like the same track, but on their own time, yeah. it doesn't have to be, um, it, it almost is like a Tetris 99 scheme or something where, uh, depending on how well you're doing, you will send like obstacles to your opponents passively. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that was like super cool. And it's also a really good way to get like Rhythmia, which is like the, uh, the currency that you get little unlocks with and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I really was impressed by that. I, I haven't engaged, uh, too, too much with it beyond just kind of going in there and touching it but that's something that i could definitely see myself playing around with especially after like the the, the dlc well finally dries on this game i think that'll, be, that'll the, be like a year and a half who knows now. yeah who knows right so yeah i mean we, we finally just got to dlc pack two of six so it's gonna yeah. it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> be, be a, a while but i mean a lot of dlc has been coming out every two weeks for it which has been awesome i've been playing them ever since every yes. week they come out i'm playing them so um but yeah the multiplayer First of all, just so you know, because there was the same multiplayer actually in Curtain Call, and they didn't mm-hmm. really change it that much. It's basically just the same multiplayer that that is existed in in Curtain Call as well, where you have two different modes. One of the modes is as you talked about, Seth, where you send like kind of like passive, you know, buffs or debuffs to to the other players, or you can just play a mode where you just all play the song at the same time, and you know whoever gets the, gets it closer closest with all the criticals and stuff is the winner. So you kind of you yeah. kind of have like two different versions of it, um, which is just fun. Like I actually spent a lot of time also with Final Bar Line playing the multiplayer, not because I was reviewing it. I just I just wanted to try it out. And as soon as I started trying it, I was, I was having a lot of fun with it. So I just kept playing it and playing it and playing it and just meeting up with random people online and just playing, you know, far, Final Bar Line with them, like jamming out to, to Final Fantasy 14 music and stuff like that. Yes. Um, but it, and it, I found that it's just like a super chill experience as well, where I don't you know, I don't feel the need to like, even if I don't come in first place, number one, you still get rewarded even if you come in last. Um, mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's not like super competitive. You just have fun with it and, you know, hang like, yeah, I don't know, just hop in a room and sometimes you get people on voice chat and you'll, you'll play together. So yeah, I just have like a, a very chill time with the multiplayer and I'm always curious to know what people think about the multiplayer in this game. Cause some people don't like the overly talking Moogle that you get in <laughs> the the yeah. mode where you're sending stuff back and forth as well it's like oh no koopo i got, got <laughs> watch got out koopo yes exactly yeah, yeah for sure man, I'll, I'll say when when you're you're saying that um i was thinking about another another thing that i really like about this series is you know, i haven't played every final fantasy game um i've played a lot of them but i haven't played all of them and uh what's nice about this series is it allows me to engage with those games that i haven't played via their music like the like even playing like i've never played uh final fantasy 4 or 5 but man their music is great like i i was like really impressed going back to uh to to those soundtracks with final bar line i was like good god like these these soundtracks are are bangers man they're really great yep. and it actually incur- it makes me want to pick up the pixel remasters and play them properly just to hear the music so it's it's really good from that perspective too you can actually kind of get like a, a feeling of the of the vibes of the games and maybe get a sense for if you want to play the full versions or not just by going through their chains on uh, on theater rhythm yeah like so. actually um i had something similar not happen with this but with the the persona uh, dancing in moonlight and dancing all night yeah. collections where I hadn't played persona three before. And it was because I played persona three dancing in moonlight that really inspired me to go back and play that game because the music in persona three is so good that I was like, Oh, well I need to see, I need to play it because I need to see this in context. And while that hasn't really happened for me with um, final bar line, part of that is just because I have played 
all the Final Fantasy games pretty much at this point. Um, so I, I kind of have a sense as to where all the, those songs belong. But there's also like mobile games, the, the music from some of the mobile games in here that I haven't played. Like I haven't played Mobius Final Fantasy, but like the music <laughs> yeah. in that game is really good. And it's actually it's in this game. And I really enjoyed playing through it. Well, Final Fantasy Record Keeper and stuff like that. Like yes. I, like a lot of those games are, are phone games that I know I'll never touch. But um, it was cool to actually get a chance to play through that music and get to see like, you know, some of the better aspects, I think, of those games um, in a way. Um, or even just going back and, you know, what, not necessarily wanting to replay something like Lightning Returns. But, you know, playing through the music and getting kind of the general vibe of, you know, returning to that game without having to actually go and replay it again um, is always a nice thing as well. Because, you know, I really like the music from like, despite all the bad things that people have to say about the thir- the 13 trilogy, I love the music from the 13 trilogy. I think it's totally. actually one of the strongest modern Final Fantasy uh, when it comes to music anyways. Um, so I love playing through the music in Theat Rhythm for those games, despite the fact that those that people don't really like those games very much i like them i think a little bit more than other people do but yeah um, that's why i'm with 10 i feel that way about 10 yeah i love 10 it's my favorite 10 but i also like the music in 10 it's yeah that's another another thing that annoyed me about final bar line final fantasy 10 was done really dirty in final bar line because not only is the theme of the game xanarkin locked behind the deluxe edition of the game so like that sucked but like besaid is one of my favorite pieces of video game music ever and it's not in there yeah i'm like what are you doing it was in curtain call and and i'm just i was very surprised 10 got done dirty in in this one but yeah. uh other than that <laughs> well th- i mean at least at least they made room for more 10 2 songs because of that that's because true because because i think they did a better job with the spin-off games in final Ball yeah Man, because a lot of those games had one or two songs in curtain call, whereas they really fleshed them out in this like, like there were so many games, so many songs from Final Fantasy 13 2 um, mm-hmm. or Dissidia in this one that just weren't in, you know, the yeah. last game. So I liked the idea that they fleshed those games out and gave them the property or even something like Final Fantasy Tactics, which I think had like only a couple songs in in curtain call. But in this one, there's like 10 songs from Final Fantasy Tactics. And that's a game that has a really good soundtrack. So um, yes. I think they, they ca- there was like a, a balance there that they had to hit on. But you're right. Like Xanarkand is a song that probably should have been in the just the that should just version. be in the base game. That yeah. just needs to be. I mean, that's the theme of the game. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> well, it's true. But, you know, we again, we had to make room for for Final Fantasy seven uh, remake music because thank right, God we finally got a game with that music in it <laughs> rather than just, of course, uh, rather than you know, just me just tapping my foot and tapping on my desk while listening to that music because that music is awesome. <laughs> oh, it's um, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, good times. Um, but yeah, the, these games also have lots of DLC and, and to kind of help celebrate other Square Enix franchises as well. And I'm actually going to bring in Nagachaka, who actually asked mm. the question, what are your favorite songs from the Rhythm series? And why is it the songs from the Nier series? Yes, we got the songs from the Nier series. So before we get to the, the favorite songs, because we'll, we'll, I think we'll answer that kind of next. Um, but again, I love the idea of them kind of using this as a celebration of other you know Square Enix franchises like the Chrono series, like the Mana series, um, like the like Octopath Traveler now is getting DLC coming up and, and Live Alive, like getting to have, you know, all those games celebrated in this, like almost makes me wish like at some point, like my dream thing would be if they're not going to do a Theat Rhythm Final Fantasy next, I would just love to see like a Square Enix 
yeah anniversary like celebration game that is just that has some songs from final fantasy in it but is mostly songs from all the square enix franchises not just final fantasy yeah well it's it's almost like you get a little bit of that with this dlc you get like you know the world ends with you and neo the world ends with you dlc you get your chrono you get your near and and one thing that that i like that they do too they they try their best anyway it doesn't always go this way but um there are certain things like in in the near music in the dlc in a final bar line when you have the amusement park music mm-hmm. it has the fireworks and stuff going off in the background they've kind of captured the vibe you know of that moment in the game um i i don't think they have the bandwidth to make like everything with a custom background it'd be great yeah. if they did but um but they don't have the bandwidth to do that but it's still really well represented and it's so cool to have this stuff uh, in here, and I would love to see the theater rhythm treatment done to a million different franchises. I'm yeah. like, give me theater rhythm Zelda, give me theater rhythm Kirby or Pokemon, you know. So, I mean, I'd be there yeah. day one if they ever did theater rhythm Metroid. Oh my god, yeah, so amazing! But yeah, because they're you're right, there are so many series like this that could that really deserve a game like this where it's not just more, it's more than just Persona and Final Fantasy that need this treatment, which is you know, kind of where we're at. At this point, because mm-hmm. we because, again, we get rhythm games, but they're not usually based off game music. They're usually based off li- other licensed music. So it's like it's it's really cool to actually have one really good series that's you know based off game music because game music is should be celebrated more, I think. Yeah. Like what if Capcom just released a theat rhythm of a bunch of their different series with music from like the Resident Evil games, Devil May Cry and a bunch of different stuff like like that would be super cool. I, I would be there day one to get something like, or even just theater Absolutely. of the Mega Man. Just give me theater of the Mega Man, dude. Yes, yeah. I mean, like, like there are so many franchises that this formula should apply to, and it also, I think, like, it is such a great celebration of Final Fantasy in general. Like, it really was the perfect thing to release on this big anniversary. Like, mm-hmm. to to have just this swath of music of just hundreds and hundreds of songs but also like all of the little ephemera that you can unlock with the rhythmia like all yeah. of the little gallery artwork and the like icons you can add to your profile card and stuff like even just the characters just, like all the characters yeah. yet you unlock there are so many characters to choose from and they're so from good. all the games and there's a bunch of it's not just the main characters there's side characters and stuff you unlock as well um or yeah like even putting like all the the portraits that you unlock for your 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 card mm. custom card um that you go online with like it, oh my god it's yeah it's just it, it's such a love letter to the final fantasy franchise you're absolutely right about that for sure every everybody deserves like get get you a series that loves you the way theater rhythm loves final fantasy yeah <laughs> absolutely so then i gotta go back to nagachaka's question then seth what are some of your favorite songs from the Fiat Rhythm series. And again, that's just hard to choose because again, in Final yeah. Bar Line, there's like over a thousand songs in that game. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm, like I said, Chrono Trigger is my favorite video game soundtrack of all time. I'm really excited. Uh, I believe in the next drop, they're adding Too Far Away Times, which yeah. is my favorite piece of music, not just video game music, like music in general. Like I, I have for years said that I want that song to play at my funeral. Like when I go play that song at my funeral, 
um, to Faraway Times. One of just just an excellent song. So I, I'm a big sucker for the Chrono Trigger music. Mm-hmm. Um, the near music's great too. Like I I love you know having access to that stuff, and they do a good job, especially with the DLC. Like they they do a good job of picking the ones you want them to pick. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's usually the ones that you want to see if they're representing a franchise. Like with Live Alive, of course they're going to have Megalomania on there. Like yeah. of course they are. You know, so yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, for me, like. As far as the non-Final Fantasy music, I, I, I'm kind of in the same camp. In fact, I'm, although I will say I'm definitely more, I have more of a soft spot for Chrono Cross versus Chrono mm-hmm. Trigger, especially when it comes to the music side, because I love, love, love that Excellent. soundtrack for, for Chrono Cross. Like, get it, and the fact that the next pack has Time Scar, the, the opening cinematic song. Yes. One, one of, also one of my personal favorite, you know, Square Enix Excellent song. pieces of music. I love that. I'm so excited. But even like, you know, having the Radical Dreamers song um, come in from the, the last Chrono Trigger pack, like um, th- that song just, you know, plays during the the, the credits of, of Chrono Cross. And it's kind of like a, almost like a, like a, a bittersweet kind of ending. Um, so, and I remember like the first time playing it, I, I teared up a little bit the first time I played it. Mm-hmm. So uh, getting to, get a, getting to play through that song and it's on this like, you know, beach, like you'd expected it to be just like, it brought back a lot of those feelings I had kind of when I, I listened to that song for the first time from the credits, you know, playing through it for the first time on Theat Rhythm. So uh, I love having that song there as far as like the, the mainline Final Fantasy stuff, because there's just, again, so much to choose from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Genova from from Final Fantasy VII Remake or even uh, the the car chase uh, theme from Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think both both right. of those are incredible pieces of music, and I love how well they're represented in the game. Um, to to you know even stuff like um some of the the like the opening theme, um Crimson Blitz from Lightning Returns Final Fantasy Thirteen. I really enjoy, and of course, just you know I'm a sucker for final anything Final Fantasy Fourteen. So um like Primal Judgment, Judgment the Ifrit theme or the Ultima theme from the Ultimate Ultima boss fight um where you're fighting kind of like the big boss from a realm reborn uh, to some of to the kind of the main theme song, the, the Shadowbringers theme song um, from final final from final fantasy 14. Like dude, there's so much to choose from. Like it's, it's so I mean, hard yeah, to pick a favorite. It's so crazy. hard. You like j- just, I, I look at like final fantasy 10 alone. It's got like the, the Spira unplugged or like thunder planes. Like the, these are like some of the best music of all time collected in this game, you know, like it, yeah. it is so hard, even like I was doing um, what, what Final Fantasy nine is a game that I have a soft spot for. And uh, that song, I think it's called Over the Hill and for Final Fantasy nine. Yeah. Um, it, it just like that just gets me in the feels every time. And it really speaks to the power that video game music has to like put us in that place in time. When I hear, you know, the opera house music, you know, from from F- like it, it puts me back in that place when I was kind of just being like totally gobsmacked by that music as, as a kid, you know, and um, especially with those, they also do a really good job of, um, I, uh, I forget what they, they call it in the game, but the ones where it plays like the, the movie behind yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, I, I know what you're referring that. to. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, I, I don't love remember what that it's too. called. But yeah, is it? Yeah, it's it's one of the one of the main sequences. You can there's a few songs that it just plays the actual cutscene as yeah. you're playing the the track, and it is like so cool, man. I, the, yeah. And it's the ones that you want, the ones you want to have that treatment, get that treatment. Yeah, the only so. I mean, the only the the only crime is they did that for the main songs, but we're not getting it for any of the DLC songs because like, right I, again, like how cool would it be to have 
you know, time scar play over the the intro from Chrono Cross as an example, mm-hmm. or you know, um, having Meridian Dance, which is one of the tracks I'm chopping at the bit to replay from Secret of Mana coming up in the the Mana Pack, like having that play over, you know, scenes and stuff from from Secret of Mana. Like um, that that's only the one of the thing the downsides to having the DLC is I wish they did more of that kind of thing with it. Mm-hmm. But I love all the ones that you get in the base game. You're right; it is all the songs you would kind of want for this. Although I will say um, the Final Fantasy VII Remake one, I don't know if I like that one as much as a lot of the other songs that you get from it. But uh, yeah. like even getting like um, the song from from Crisis Core, which of course just, you know, put it gets me in the feels <laughs> every time I hear that song, The Price of Freedom, which is of course yeah. the song you hear at the end of the game, like playing over the credits after all the things happen in Crisis Core that I won't get into here for spoiler reasons. Uh, it, it's just, yeah, get, like, Getting, seeing that cinematic kind of puts you back there. Although I will say anyone who's playing these games now for the first time, but that hasn't played some of these games, one, one of the things I didn't like what they did in Final Bar Line is with these video sequences, they put the ending cinematics in there, yeah, which is good for people <laughs> like us who have played the games, but it spoils the ending for anyone who hasn't played some of these True. games. True. Like it spoils the True. ending for, for Crisis Core, which again, hits me in the feels as someone who's played that game. But if you haven't played it, it's like, well, I, I know how that ends now. I don't know that there, so another thing that's nice about um about Final Barline in particular, and I think it was the same in Curtain Call, but they they've added there are a lot of accessibility options. So mm-hmm. uh one thing that's nice is you can go in and you can like trigger like if it plays like the sort of over the top animations or not, if it plays like the there there are people who you know suffer from like epilepsy and things and can't handle like the flashing lights, you can turn a lot of that stuff off, a lot of the sort of fluffy animations. You can make it a pretty like, you know, rote um, visual presentation if you want to. So I don't know if there's a way to disable the, the, the backing video or not on, no. on those tracks, but yeah, there is not. So, I looked it up. There is no yeah. way to do that. But again, it was, it also wasn't a problem in, in curtain call. Cause again, like those cinematics in curtain call didn't have that. It was just the opening cinematic or in some of the mm-hmm. cases where the games didn't have cinematics, like what, like the, the video that they did for final fantasy one, it's just a bunch of random parts of the game. And yeah. just kind of call it a day, um, which is too bad because again, like I, I, I don't like that they they kind of spoil the game like that for people who haven't played it before. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we got this question from Garrett Bland, Bland Explosion. Of course, you know, new to the show. Uh, do I need to play all the <laughs> games the songs are based on? If so, I'll need to start the marathon right now. So first off, Garrett. I don't actually think you need to have played any of these songs or any of these games in order to actually have like a good time with this game. Cause I, to our point earlier, this game just has really fantastic music regardless mm. of if you've played the games before. And you might actually get inspired to play some of these games. If you haven't, if you haven't played them before, like Seth, like with Final Fantasy four and five, you know, it didn't yeah. detract probably from your enjoyment of playing those songs because you haven't played them. Right. No, no, not at all. It, it is the, you know, like good music is just good music. Like regardless of if, if you know the context um, and like like a good well-made rhythm game is just a good well-made rhythm game, you know. So like the nice thing is that like theater rhythm doesn't have to rest on just being fan service. Yeah. Like it is an excellent celebration and it is an excellent piece of fan service, but it's not just that. It's also an excellent rhythm game. It's also an excellent RPG. And it also is just excellent, an an excellent collection of excellent music. So 
I think that even I would recommend this even to people who don't who have never cared about Final Fantasy before and you just like a really good rhythm game. Like I would still recommend it to you because it is it still does a really good job of that. And yeah, retroactively, it might make you interested in playing the games that you really vibe with the music for. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think it can help inspire you to go play those games. And if not, I still think you've got a really good, really solid rhythm game here and definitely like. You know, when this came out, like it was one of the best reviewed games of the year. And there's no there's definitely a reason behind that. Like, it's not just because it's a good final celebration of Final Fantasy. It's just a really fantastic game with Final Bar Mm -hmm. in particular. Um, Also, you know, I I just want to just throw this into the ether. Uh, Square Enix, you know, Ryan Turford here. Hello. I've been a fan of your games for a long time. Um, Anytime you want to put out Endwalker music in this game, you know, I'll be here. I'll go buy it. Please, please, <laughs> please, 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 please. I know Endwalker came out around the time this game is coming out. Please, for the love of God, put Endwalker music in this game. That music is so good. Just Thank keep you, adding DLC, honestly. Yeah. Just keep it going. It can be like yeah. Rockman 4, which is still putting out DLC today, which is just funny to think about because people uh, people, people can't even really buy that game anymore. Or you can buy it digitally, but you don't have any of the instruments to play with because um, you can't buy those anymore. So. Yeah. Well, and like and like unlike Rock Band, the advantage that something that theater rhythm has is they don't have to deal with any like licensing snafu. They own the license. It's Square Enix. So just like throw all that stuff on there for all I care. Like just make it a platform. I will keep buying it. I promise. (laughs) Technically, there is a couple licensing snafus they had to to do. There's that again, that that song from Final Fantasy VII remake that they did the 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 music video to. Um, that's a licensed song and apparently, and one of the things that, um, you, you like, you'll get copyright strikes on your channel if you decide to actually oh, interesting. use that on YouTube because, because of the, the, the band itself will copyright oh, strike you. Oh, I as, see. Because it's like, it's a song that was licensed out for the game that's not actually owned by Square Enix. So, yeah. um, there are a couple instances of those that are in this game where like they license a track from like a popular Japanese artist for the game. Um, so there is some copyright there, but you're right, Seth, for the most part. Very little. Very, yeah. very little. They could release DLC forever for this game at this point. Because like, and who's stopped them? No one, no I'll one pay for it. Really. Yeah, we'll pay for it. Please. Please. Yeah. Ratings. Well, anyways, <laughs> I think it's time to move to final thoughts. So, uh, Seth, is, is there anything with the at rhythm that, that we didn't go over today that you wanted to, to touch on before we uh, walk out the door? No, no, I, I think it, you know, I think it is a truly, truly special uh, series, and I hope that people feel encouraged to to give it a shot. You know, if you if you like rhythm games, if you like RPGs, especially if you like Final Fantasy, it is a no brainer. Like yeah. I I really do think that. And um, I mean, even if like you wish list it, get it on a sale or something like that. Um, I, it has just been a very important franchise to me. And like I said, I love I love having this thing that I can just sort of come back to whenever I'm feeling nostalgic, whenever I want to, again, sort of wake my brain up. You know, I, uh, I I hope they just continue adding to Final Bar Line if it is going to be the last one in the Final Fantasy series. That's okay. Just keep adding to it. I want to see like a Dragon Quest, you know, theater rhythm thing for modern platforms. Uh, I, I just hope that theater rhythm as a concept and the execution of that concept is excellent. And I want to see it continue on. Um, yeah. If it's a general Square Enix thing, if it is from franchise to franchise, just yes, more of it, please. Because yeah. <laughs> at this point, I, I kind of agree with um, Hazama-san in the sense that 
I don't think they could do a better Final Fantasy theat rhythm right. at this point. I think you've kind of you've reached the peak of what that what that could possibly be with this one. Um, but I do think that the theat rhythm as a concept should continue and they should do mm-hmm. more with this idea of doing rhythm games, whether it is going back to to Kingdom Hearts and giving us another like a melody of memory two, or, you know, moving on to a different franchise or even just doing a Square Enix collective one. Like I just hope that, you know, the future of this series continues, even if the even outside of Final Fantasy at this point. But because, uh, yeah, this game is fantastic. It's honestly by the time this year is over, I would be very surprised if this isn't kind of in my personal top five for the. That I think so year. for me, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, something would have to like something would have to come out of nowhere to probably do that. It's right? it's a strong year, though, Ryan. There there are a lot of great games coming, but this one is special. Like it, it deserves to be in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, so y'all should make sure to play it and check it out, even if it, you get it on sale. I think it's also a worthy pickup. But anyway, Seth, I think that's going to do it for ten, this afternoon's show. I usually say I keep it's ingrained in my brain to say tonight's show. <laughs> so tonight, well, it's, not, yeah. it's not the evening. It's like two in the afternoon, Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, so before we go, uh, Seth, first of all, thanks again for filling in for Garrett this week. I, I appreciate you coming me. on the show. And uh, where can people find you on the Internet? You can find me on on Twitter, twitter.com slash $2Hero. You can find me on the Nintendo Drive here on Carpool Gaming that I do with uh, Sean and Lockleth and uh, have a have a great time uh, just talking about whatever Nintendo nonsense we talk about on that show. Very so. nice. Very nice. Um, also, I just want to point out before I go to, to, to my outro, um, just as a quick note to anyone who's listening or watching, uh, the schedule with Garrett being away is going to be a little all over the place for the next couple of weeks, uh, especially with Summer Game Fest come up, because um, next week's episode will be our RPG predictions for Summer Game Fest and the Xbox Game Showcase. Um, and then we're actually going to have a follow up episode after those happen. So the schedule might be kind of all over the place for the next couple of weeks. So I do apologize for, for us not having a consistent time until Garrett returns um, in the middle of next month. But I do want to, of course, address that here for anyone who's listening and anyone who wants it, you of course keep up with us in the cave. And of course, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford, although I don't know if you want to go there this week because I'm going to probably be posting a bunch of stuff uh, because I'm going to be watching uh, summer games done quick all week. Seth, yes, uh, Seth, and uh, I'm probably going to be tweeting about it a bunch. Yeah, it just started as we started recording today. So, um, of course, it's like a, a speed running thing that happens all week, and I'm going to be watching. All I week. love it. Yeah, and of course, Diablo Four. If you want to hear my hot takes about Diablo, Diablo Four later this week, yeah. you can also check us out there. You can also find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming, right here on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Carpool Gaming, on podcast services around the globe. So for Seth Sturgill, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been the 95th level of the RPG Cave. Only four more levels until we're level 99, baby, and we're out. Good night, everybody. The RPG Caves Mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming, and we want to say thank you to all of our patrons, starting with our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. You can check him out over at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller today. And Tony Baker, you can find him over on the Quest for Pixels podcast, youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels. And Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the PlayStation Drive. You can check out his brand new album, Video Game Boy, over on his Twitter, as well as on Spotify and other other audio services. Leo Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, you can check him out over at phoenixoverdrive.com. Links are in the show notes for all these ultimate producers, so make sure to go and show them some love. Our platinum producers, Marcus McCracken and RJ Kern, and our gold members, Adam K, Anna, Babla, Bowza, Cecily Carroza, Dano, Drellish, 
Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Hopple, John 32, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Tim Alf, and Tim Pallon. Thank you all for all of your support, and if you want to get on the action, check us out over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and choose the tier that's right for you.